evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. And tonight, we're really going to address one of those things that we should have learned in high school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of us on this side of the world are very emotionally repressive. I think that as I've observed our society, we have a hard time with feelings. As a matter of fact, when somebody cries while they're saying something that's pretty sad and they're crying, often they apologize for doing so. It almost reminds me of somebody burping or farting um, and they're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they're so embarrassed by it. Crying, as I've observed people respond to it, is very uncomfortable they apologize for it. They want to hide it like a burp <laughs> or a fart. We want to hide it. The result of it is quite repressive. And I'll talk about that today because it's uh, something that we all could have learned in high school or our parents could have taught us how to do it. But unfortunately, we are only given as much as they were given for the most part. Some of us may not have this extra piece of emotional education. And I'm hopefully going to address that for everybody today. How to deal with feelings. Feelings are mental states that produce neuropsychological responses. And also physiological responses. Your nervous system is involved. And all other systems are involved as well within your body. And so you experience sensations along with the hormonal production, which are also feelings, uh, and the thoughts that you have also contribute to those responses, those physical responses. So they all work with one another. And some argue that feelings come first, thoughts come first. I can't tell you which ones come first the feelings of or the thoughts. But I'm sure that people recognize feelings first before they recognize the thoughts that correspond with those feelings. I'm really secure in knowing that people respond to a feeling first or feel it first before they actually think about the thoughts uh, that contribute to that feeling. That's why many people, when they say I'm depressed, I'm anxious, they're only talking about the feeling. They're not understanding that there is a psychological internal um, self-talk that contributes to those responses that you know as anxiety and depression. So I think even in when people tell me that, it's, it appears to be repressive to some extent because when I say, okay, what's going on? They often throw the word depression and anxiety at me and, um, and that's it. Like <laughs> We don't want to talk about feelings. We just want to talk. We don't want to talk about thoughts. We don't want to talk about stressors. We just want to talk about anxiety. And I just have anxiety and depression and, and they don't really go into depth of what are they thinking, feeling, what's happening internally to them. And it becomes sort of a mystery on the inside. So this takes time to develop. I'm sure it doesn't shock you that I say that. And it starts off very, very young, and uh, we start to feel emotions 
as we are responding to the world, a lot of our responses, believe it or not, are not necessarily just to the external stimuli, outside world or events that are occurring. That's not really all our emotional responses. The majority of the emotional responses that we have come from our thought process. People don't want to believe that part, that the internal stimuli is what causes a lot of the thinking and the feeling that you're feeling. They want to believe that, let's say, my husband is being unaffectionate, and that is why I'm responding this way. Or uh, my children can't stop, <laughs> can't stop jumping on the couch, and that's why I'm feeling that way. And it's easy to believe that because you're looking outside of you, but the reality is it takes away your power. It keeps you away from getting better on the inside to understanding your feelings and what to do with them. So I almost can nag my husband to and cha- try to change him so I can feel better. And it will also result in me yelling at my kids so they just, so they stop and I can control them so I can feel better. But it's a problem when I try to control the world outside to feel better on the inside. It's not adaptive. There are many things in the outside world that we cannot control. However, our attempt to control the outside world in order for us to feel better, that's what causes a problem. We're not going straight to the source. We're just bypassing it by uh, fidgeting with the outside. And what that looks like is a distraction. So I could use a tablet, technology, Facebook, uh, a, a relationship, sex, anything to distract me, binge watching TV. I can do all of these things to distract away from an uncomfortable feeling. And I think as a society, we can all agree that the majority of us distract. That's how we deal with feelings or uncomfortable feelings in general. Instead of confronting them, we distract from them. We're a distracting, repressive society. Tala, what's the good news? (laughs) Well, I think there's a lot of good news because we are going to bring your power back to you. We're going to help you feel helpful towards your emotions rather than continue with that helpless stance. But going back to childhood, because I kind of just skipped over that, but going back to childhood, a lot of us are raised also possibly by people that had a hard time with emotions, right? They did not make space for their own emotions. Maybe they hid them or overreacted to them or completely avoided them, you know, extremes, Maybe they responded in extremes, overreact or avoidance, or distract, 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 which is a form of avoidance. Um, This leaves the child in a helpless state towards their feelings, especially a child, because let's say the kiddo has a problem and the parent doesn't acknowledge it, doesn't help them through it. Then what ends up happening is that the kid perceives that they are helpless to the feeling. They can't really change it. They just better ignore or avoid it to feel better because nothing outside of them really is helping, guiding them, acknowledge their own feeling early on and making space for them. Rather, they feel helpless towards a feeling. And unfortunately, later when that feeling comes in, they either act in a helpless way where they completely avoid it 
or distract, or they could feel agitated or angry at feeling it. I don't want to feel it. I shouldn't feel it. I hear that all the time from people. I shouldn't feel a feeling. I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be sad. Um, I shouldn't be anxious. It's like, I shouldn't feel a feeling. They're kind of fighting with the feeling rather than making space for it, accepting its presence and dealing with it, maturing in the feeling. Usually what I see is are people that fight with the feeling. And I want people to stop fighting with feelings because that's not what we want to do with feelings. You as a human being are allowed any feeling to come in. You, you feel a range of them just depending on how the parent reacted to certain feelings that you demonstrated as a kid may also contribute to how you see that feeling. So for example, a common one is don't be angry. Uh, whenever you feel anger, you're not comfortable feeling it. Let's say your parents saw you being sad. They didn't let you sit in the sadness. You lost your dog. They may have said, you know, we'll get you another dog. Uh, look, you have, you still have this dog. So they kind of threw positivity at it or attempted to solve it or even dismissed it. In the case of the dog, they would have dismissed it, right? Dismissed those feelings of sadness. So again, when sadness comes in, you may not feel comfortable with sadness. So early on, we receive those messages that contribute to how we deal with feelings. So whenever these feelings come up, we just kind of uh, respond in the way that we have been taught to respond to them from early on. We also accept or not accept certain emotions that we've been programmed or conditioned to accept or not accept from early on. A lot of families don't accept anger uh, as uh, as an emotion. It's unacceptable to show anger. And they may be punished for feeling anger for a child feeling anger or demonstrating anger. They definitely get the impression that, hey, I, I'm not supposed to feel angry. So it's very repressive. There's no ease with feelings. What I've also mentioned earlier is throwing positivity at it too soon can also dismiss this child's feeling and almost not acknowledge or validate their feelings. When something ends up hurting they don't acknowledge the pain and they throw positivity as adults on it real quick and they just don't acknowledge it, which is very repressive. The benefit of feeling a range of feelings is that we get to live life on a deeper level because we need all the feelings. We need them. When I'm laid off of work, I need to feel sad and disappointment, even scared because they help me along the way to achieve the things I want to achieve. They're just kind of can act as, as a catalyst for, for change for me and for survival. So because we are uncomfortable in our programming growing up with feeling feelings that are not pleasurable, we as a society can avoid that. And as an individual adult, we have learned that we shouldn't feel sad. I have everything. Why should I feel sad? Um, I just broke up with someone. I'm still sad. I hate myself for feeling sad because I still love someone and I miss them. Uh, people fight with that often. They don't give themselves a space on the inside. It's all crammed up. And they're self-judging of, of themselves 
in this area. And uh, it results in people being helpless towards their emotions and doing everything they need to do to avoid the feelings that are not pleasing and only seeking pleasure. So going back to that, we've become a distractive or distracted society as a way of coping. We have a lot of things that we do to help us uh, uh, fill in our time. Right. It's not like we have, we like space or quietness. A lot of times we, we like to feel or be busy or distract. As a matter of fact, that's common guidance for many people that give, they give it to each other is just stay busy, just stay busy. However, that is not what self care truly means. And now it's created a society that's afraid to feel feelings. There, it's, it's literally an, a fear of feelings. And this also created a bunch of disorders. So how do we fix this, right? How do we fix what took years in the making, what's supported by society, and start being in harmony with our feelings, start accepting their presence. It's not that they're not going to show up, friends. They're showing up. But now we need to line up with them. We need to think that they're not something that shouldn't be felt. On the contrary, they are permitted in your body. They're part of the life's experience. Feelings aren't facts, but they feel real within us. There's a quote, and I don't remember who said it, but it says, um, the feelings of fear are real, but the danger is not. And that really sums up anxiety. <laughs> it's like the, the common fear of fear. And it was usually results in avoidance, distraction, which ends up being, uh, not functional for the person because they're not, they're avoiding life. They're avoiding living. And so the quality of the life decreases with time when we, when we avoid emotions. So we're not meant to avoid them. They can act as a guide in many ways, emotions are uh, also a warning that, hey, I need you to pay attention to something and not swim in it. Emotions are not to be drowned in, but rather I can feel the feeling or I can feel fear, but I'm having a conversation with that emotion. What's my fear about? What's my history in that fear? And get to know yourself a little bit more when it comes to those feelings. Thoughts are habits, but believe me when I tell you, so are things that we feel. They're actually habitual. We have habits of how we cope with those feelings as well, whether we avoid, we distract, we overreact, we can ignore, all of which are things that we have a history in doing. You just need to kind of investigate those very strong feelings that you're really uncomfortable with, you need to kind of sit in them. That's why they feel really strong. I didn't know this until I started to work on it. But that's why they feel really strong, like that the feeling almost attacks you if it's uncomfortable for you. And because we spent many years running away from that feeling, avoiding or overreacting to get relief from that feeling, we have not learned to mature in it or grow in it or develop in it. 
So that means every time I feel it, I will do the funny things to really avoid the pain of and the discomfort of that feeling. I'll do all those funny things. The worst case scenario would be uh, drinking, numbing of any kind, escaping of any kind, avoidance of any kind, distraction. Um, that could be drugging, sex, uh, the many things that we use to feel better, to get relief uh, instead of facing the feeling and growing in it. Now, the feeling is not growing, but we are growing in it. We're outgrowing it is another way to say that. Uh, I can feel sadness without completely checking out making self-destructive decisions, uh, lose responsibility over my my uh, obligations in the day, stop going to work. I can still feel feelings without going to extremes and being so uncomfortable that I got to get relief any way I can. So training your body to feel feelings comfortably, it requires time because you're about to you're about to make up what took years in the making. So it's going to take you a little bit of time to sit in the feeling practice sitting in the feeling, not drowning in it, right? Because that's what we think. We think if I feel the feeling, I'm just going to fall apart. So I'm afraid to feel the feeling. So I quickly go to distracting or I don't want to overreact. So I quickly go to avoidance. So practicing being with the feeling, having a conversation with it safely is going to help us. We do this Already, if you think about it, when we are really angry and we say, I'm going to kill that person, we can actually look at that thought and say, while we're even angry, we can look at that side, I'm not going to kill that person. I don't want to go to jail. So we're able to detach enough from the thought and even still feel the rage, but enough to detach from the thought and enough to detach from the feeling a little bit to make it safe for me and the other person, and I'm not really going to kill them. So just because I have a thought and I feel rage, it doesn't mean I'm going to kill someone. So you already do that. You already are able to discipline and feel a thought of rage, but without having to go all the way and, and murder someone. So what makes you think you can't do that with every other uncomfortable feeling that you feel that I can still feel fear, but I'm not going to go into obsession. I'm going to just talk to it, understand it, surrender, see what I can control and I what, what I can't control and just release the fear. So I can detach from the fear. I can look at it. I can observe it, permit it. Maybe it's trying to give me some sort of clue about something. But when I find myself drowning in the feeling, that just means that I have not matured in it yet, and that I just got to practice. And for example, in the case of fear, we just really got to practice acknowledging what the fear is and accepting that I have that fear and then asking it, can I really control this outcome or not? And being honest with it. And if I, I can't control the outcome, I just need to surrender. Now, the fear is going to come back because it is habitual, but we keep surrendering the fear. We keep releasing that fear, releasing it until I'm no longer feeding the feeling, uh, that fear, and it will be dealt with. At first, it's a lot of practice, but eventually it becomes a second nature for us to be present, feel a feeling, and not completely drown in it. And it only feels intense when it comes in. And we just, it's like some of those feelings that feel really intense when they come in. 
Uh, they really have to do with the fact that we just avoid feeling them. We have, we reject them right away. We think we shouldn't feel them or we're so afraid to go all the way with them that we just avoid them. And so we push them away and then we need to grow it or outgrow them, but we never get to outgrow them. So they always feel like an attack when they come in because they're still underdeveloped. They're still not matured in us yet. So I hope this gets you started on the idea of feeling to start to make space within you for the feeling to come in at minimum. That's what I want you to do. Like it's allowed to feel whatever it's supposed to feel. My son recently told me a story about him at school and the coaches uh, saying that he wasn't listening. And now my son is a rule follower. I mean, I don't even have to <laughs> say anything. He just follows rules. Okay. He even enforces them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just magical stuff here. And so the fact that he wasn't listening and he was trying to tell me that it was an accident. Uh, the coach said to the person next to him to stand up. He didn't know. So my son stood up and the coach said, you just never listen. And my son felt offended. He sat down. So later on, my son tells me, you know, this is a mean coach and he is mean to kids. Um, and he's right. That was mean. That was cruel. He didn't see him. I asked my son, well, son, what did that feel like to you? And he said, I felt sad. I said, yeah, yeah, that was pretty sad. That was pretty sad. And I asked my son, I said, do you think you listened? And he said, yeah, I did. And I said, I think you listened. If you think you listened, I think you listened. He was kind of quiet for a bit and he agreed. But of course, it's still in his mind. So he comes back and tells me again. And, and I, and I tell him, it's really sad, huh? And he's like, yes, he's like, the coaches are really mean. He tells me the story again. And I said, yeah, it's pretty sad. I'm allowing the space for him to feel the sadness without me uh, correcting it too quickly because I'm uncomfortable with the feeling or I'm uncomfortable with watching him feel sad. The truth of the matter, it's a great gift for us to feel a variety of different feelings. And so life is all about that. Allowing my son to feel sad for a situation that was unfair and showing him how to feel sad in a non-destructive way is worth it. So, yeah, son, it's really sad. It's really sad that the coach didn't hear you and didn't see you and that you felt unheard and unseen. You're allowed to feel this way, son, and, um, and you're allowed to help yourself get through it and soothe. And that's really what he's practicing. I'm only a, a guide, but I'm not, I'm not doing all the work. He's slowly accepting that the coach can say whatever he wants and that my son knows that he was listening and that it was an accident and that the teacher, the coach didn't really know what he was, um, what my son really meant. And so uh, we talked about it for a little bit and, and I acknowledged those things for him and that, that the, there was an accident and that the coach misunderstood it and he reacted and it wasn't fair. We, we understood the feeling. It's okay. 
You know, if my son was angry or sad or disappointed, we made space for those feelings to be there. We didn't make it too positive too quickly. We, we learned to, I learned to use whatever he perceived as a way to soothe himself instead of me doing it for him or doing it too quickly because I'm uncomfortable seeing him upset or anxious about it. So that's what it would kind of look like even as an adult is making a space for a person to feel a feeling. And sometimes I even have to help the adult label a feeling that they're just afraid to feel. So they just don't allow themselves to label it and express its presence in them. So I help them label the feeling and you have no idea how many of us have a hard time labeling feelings. It's so common. Simple feelings, friends. We just have a hard time labeling them like sadness, disappointment. I think disappointment is the one that people have a hard time labeling or embarrassment. Um, they can easily label sadness, anxiety, offense, but the range of other feelings, sometimes it just uh, usually just transforms into anger at times and we just chalk it up as anger, <laughs> but there's uh, we have a range of feelings, friends, and by making space, accepting their presence, this is just part of our human journey. It's supposed to happen, and you'll get to know yourself deeply, not run away from you, not be uncomfortable with, with you and just start distracting or getting into situations where you just I, do anything to avoid pain. We're, we don't want to do that. We want to help you live with you and have a great relationship with you that is healing. That's what I would want for the person I love the most, which is my son. I would want that for everybody else to be able to sit with themselves, feel any feeling and walk their, themselves beautifully and compassionately through it. It can be done, friends. It can be done. So let's work on the fear of feelings. They're allowed to be there. We label them. We have a conversation with them. It's not the end of the world to feel the feeling. We can observe a feeling, even sit and feel it, but we don't have to drown in it. That is a decision to be made. We can be helpful to them instead of helpless to those feelings. So I hope this helps you wherever you are on your journey. I think this is something we can all learn or could have learned from early on. Uh, but that class was missed, friends. We are just, we've just become a distracted society in so many ways. And I think we could do, we could do it well today. We could really deliver the next generation the ability to self-soothe, to mature in their own feelings and accept their presence and confront them, uh, in a non-destructive way and then grow in them. Yeah. We can help. Those, we can help the next generation do that, to allow themselves to self-soothe. I won't be around all my son's life. <laughs> At one point, I want to, I hope he outlives me and I want to be able to leave him with the ability to self-soothe to, for him to know that he can live in harmony with his feelings is the best way to say that. So I hope I get to deliver that, uh, to my son and not only to my son, to you and whoever comes and sees me. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light. And remember, feelings are how you know you're alive. Don't kill them off. This has been an episode of Drive Through.